Philly Sports Now, a Philly fan podcast, coming at you directly after the Eagles loss. Uh, the Eagles lost 37-19 to against the Los Angeles Rams. I am Zach. I'm here today with Nick and Andrew. And I want to start off by saying last week we gave our predictions for the season. And I was optimistically saying 8-8. Eight and eight. And after today's loss, I'm gonna just throw it out there. Six and ten. Just saying it. Just saying it right now. Already changing it. It's worse. Uh there was nothing good about this game at all. Uh this game made me doubt Doug. This game made me doubt Wentz. This uh you Jackson, I don't understand what's going on with him. He drops a ball and then he gets a fifteen yard catch. Uh uh, Rager dropping balls or missing. I forget both. Let's just say. Um, and then Sanders. Sanders comes in and yeah, he's probably still hurt. But uh, fumble in the first drive of the game. I, I, I what was the final turnover count today? Uh, 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 today's count, I believe, was three. Three turnovers, which brought us wait, up to six total for the season. On two six games. turnovers for this. And so, wait, it was uh, two interceptions today, right? Or did the one get turned? Uh, no, that's no, it's, it stayed. It's two two interceptions, we one are, fumble. Same Wins as last week. Has a two interceptions per game average right now for two games. Went, yes, Car- Carson Wentz has four interceptions and in two, two fumbles in the first two games of the season. This is, oh. I I I have never sat here after an Eagles game so frustrated. I think as of right now, like uh, I another thing I wanted to talk about. Is and I know I've already just been talking and talking and I I kind of apologize for that but I'm 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 over the Super Bowl we cannot talk about that again don't I don't want to ever hear I don't care if we're talking about Howie I don't care if we're talking about Doug I don't want to hear well they want us the Super Bowl this is a different different season a different team and and as I said this team looks like a six and ten at best team that's where I'm standing I don't uh, like. I don't care about history. That's what we used to say in defense as Philly fans used to say, you know, people say, oh, where are your rings? And you say, oh, you're looking at the history books. If we're going to say, oh, they won a Super Bowl, we're looking at the history books. And I don't want to keep looking back. I want to look forward. And in order to do that, I, I, this is not a good season. We are about to have one of the worst seasons I think we've ever seen as fans. Yeah, I, I think. I think you're hot, and I agree with a lot of your points. No, I do. I do. I agree with a ton of your points. <clears throat> Sorry. I, I think to say it's one of the worst seasons we're going to see as fans, I'm not going that far yet because we did. I don't know that they're going to be like a 4-12 team that we saw under Andy Reid. Um, <clears throat> but uh, I do agree with you. This team, this season, could we could look at a 6-10 and 10 season this year. I don't disagree with you in that aspect at all. It could be that bad. I still think it could be it, there's still a chance that it's going to be an okay season but I think any aspirations of a Super Bowl any aspirations of a, a championship run or anything like that in my opinion with the team as constructed unless they make a big trade somehow and get some guys in here and even then I I, I think this team is is far away from a, a championship Super Bowl type team and Zach I got to give it to you you've been saying the whole you're done with this. You're done with using the Super Bowl as not an excuse, but as kind of just 
a reason not to be upset with the Eagles' performance and the, the, the Howie situation. And this game really made me completely turn around from that because I, I was definitely in the camp of, hey, we won the Super Bowl a few years ago. Let's give Howie some slack. Like, like let's, let's see what's going on. And I'm over that too. I mean, this what they showed me today is this team is not well-equipped enough to have a good season. They're just not. They just quite frankly aren't. You're looking at a quarterback who is looking like he has struggles left and right. He's throwing. He's overthrowing guys. He's underthrowing guys. He's ma- He's just. The announcer said it. The announcer said it on on, on TV today. He's just making bad decisions. He's just not. He's not making good decisions. That interception in the end zone today. What was that? The announcers right right away were were like, "Why would you throw that ball with two defenders right there?" That's a ball you got to get rid of. Overthrow it. Throw it in. Throw it in the stands. Throw it anywhere. You, you, you pressures come and get rid of it. There is no reason Carson should should have made that decision. And the announcer said they think he's over trusting his own arm. And I kind of agree with him. You can't just you can't just assume you're going to make a throw like that based on I don't know what you're basing it on. But you can't just assume you're going to make a throw like that, especially at this point. It's 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 getting ridiculous. Like you said, we're looking at six turnovers in two games. The first two games of the season against the Washington football team and the Los Angeles Rams. So these aren't teams that are going to be winning the Super Bowl. This year. Well, the Rams, quite frankly, could make a run, but Washington's not a good team. But so so I don't want to hear. It's not like we're coming up against the best teams in the league right now. This team just and to Andrew's points last week about it being a team loss. I didn't necessarily agree with it 100% last week. This week, it was 100% a team loss. As bad as Carson was, I don't even think he was the worst part of the game today. There was head-to-toe problems with every aspect of the football team today, except for, I'd say, special teams. Because Cameron Johnson had a heck of a punt. And <laughs> you know I'm a Cameron Johnson fan. So I love to see that. But, but, but... I like, but all joking aside, this head to toe, every aspect of this game was bad. Coaching, quarterback play, running back play, wide receivers dropping passes. The defense was terrible. The defense couldn't contain, uh, couldn't stop third down, third down plays. Absolutely terrible performance by the birds. And I don't know how they're going to move forward from this. So I'm going to interrupt here real quick to say breaking news. Uh, actually, with they were down 15 points with 4:47 left in the game Dallas came back and won so Dallas now comes out with the W today uh I didn't mean to cut you off Nick and before you even got a chance to talk Andrew but now we have even that to talk about you, you were talking about better teams in the league and uh, unfortunately I don't I don't want to say better just because they have the W but like I Dallas came back from a a losing uh you know, they, they didn't have the lead. They came back and they were able to win. At no point in this game today did I think the Eagles really had a chance at taking over. Um, especially, I, I just want to throw this in there, that early, early two-point conversion call from Doug. Like, what was that about? I, I saw that, and that was that was the first moment in the game where I'm, like, questioning Doug. Again, like, like you were just saying, like we said before, it, it, this was a team loss for sure, and it was... That moment, I think for me, that failed two point conversion in the first quarter, uh, I was just, I was, I was appalled. I was like, this is going to be a bad game. I, I think, uh, well, first, you guys got to go back and watch the Cowboys onside kick because for whatever reason, I, it honestly looked like Atlanta 
forgot to forgot that they were allowed to touch the ball before it got to 10 yards because like there's like three falcons guys that literally watched the ball roll to the 10 yard spot and then the cowboys just jumped on top of it like it, it was it was really embarrassing for atlanta like i don't i'm not taking anything away from the cowboys like comeback but like if you go back and watch this like you gotta look at how stupid atlanta looks in that situation but um to to go off Zach's point and your guys' point again, this is the I think it's another team loss. The defense looked terrible. I think uh, I, th- this this there are so many things here that could have been fixed. Uh, and I'm gonna bring it back to the draft. We mentioned how bad of a drafter how he was. Well, don't waste your second uh, round pick on Jalen Hurts. Like that comes back today showed how stupid that pick was once again. Here you knew coming in the season you were weak on linebackers. There. Plenty, a plethora of linebackers that you could have taken in that second round, which everyone wanted uh, in the second round, all the fans. And you know what happened today? The Rams tight end, because we don't have a linebacker to cover a tight end, caught three touchdowns today. And that's one of the reasons why you lost that game. Uh, so going, that goes back to the draft there. You don't waste it on Jalen Hurts, which, congrats. You, you got a quarterback, he played, what, two snaps today? And it wasn't even active last week. So, uh, again, another another bad pick by Howie there. Uh, this This... So far, this draft, or so far, you got again no help from the second and third round picks here. Jalen's been on the field uh, multiple times at this game, or so far this year. And then I'm gonna call out Doug Peterson as well. What did we, what did everyone hear about the draft after after the draft? We we took Jalen Rager, we took the other two receivers, and we're bringing back Jackson because we wanted to beat everybody through speed, going deep. How many deep balls did we throw today? We didn't throw one. I mean, we didn't throw one true deep ball to Rager or Jackson. So you, you mentioned throughout the whole draft on why you took these guys, and you have yet to put that in your game plan. So, uh, again, to, to start off with the coaching there, I, I, that's why I, that's why I'm fed up with Doug today. Um, but to, to the two-point conversion point, I, I don't 100% disagree with it. It was a little early to do it, but I understand going for it there. Um, it puts you down a field goal later on. Like, instead of being down – by five, if we would have got it, you're down 21-18, and you're in a position to tie it with a field goal. So that's why you do that there. It was Again, it was early to do it, but I understand it, and Doug likes being aggressive aggressive there. And, and essentially, if you're down four or five, that doesn't make a, a whole lot of a difference. Uh, but no, and then to your guys' point, yeah, Wentz had, uh, missed a couple throws again today, and then, again, the decision-making wasn't the best, uh, throwing into double coverage there in the end zone. I didn't. I never went back and looked at it again. It was interesting what you guys brought up there with um, what the Fox announcers were saying because uh, Mike Quick was actually saying it, it was it was the right decision making. He just held on to the ball too late. He said that God, it was open, and if he would have got rid of it at the right time, it would have been a touchdown. I never went back and re looked at it. So it's interesting to hear a different side of that right there because they with the uh, Eagles guys and, and Merrill Reese and Quick were going on it was. Uh, Wentz holding on to the ball too long again on that play. So uh, interesting to see two different sides of that uh, before I go back and look at it. I mean, I thought it was interesting to see uh, there was times where so so I, I there were two distinct times where Wentz actually did throw the ball away. And it was so funny because, like, I was excited. I was like, oh, wow. He did it. Like, good for him. He did that stupid thing. That's like not get sacked and not lose eight yards. Um, and then he still managed to get sacked or he still managed to not throw the ball away in certain situations. And then uh, going back to the I, I, I'm sorry, I forget when he the double cup, co- double coverage. That was the interception, right? The interception in the end zone. Um, yeah. And, and that was it, that was that to Arcega Whiteside. 
Yes. Okay. Can we chalk that up as another loss in the Howie department or just in the team or whatever we want to say there? Like, I, I know the guy's young-ish. It's his second year now. But, like, I, and I, I blame Wentz more than him in that situation because he was double covered. But, like, why are you even trying him there? Like, why aren't you throwing to someone more dependable in that situation? Well, I, to me, I, that would go on. Sorry to cut you off. To me, that would go on coaching more than because – I mean, that's the way that I mean, obviously it's went to the decision to make that, but um, in, in terms of who you're throwing it to there, that's Doug Peterson and uh, the offensive coordinator um, on where they line up the receivers. So to, to make that throw and make him the design guy in that situation, um, that would be on the coaching for putting him there rather than putting a, a Jackson or whoever else. Um, I don't know who else you, you put there at this point. Uh, so I, I said it's more on the more on the coaching there. It's obviously Wentz's final decision to make that throw. But I think that's one of the issues Wentz is having. Um, I think he's not adapting to when plays kind of draw out. He's sticking with the the guy that it's designed to, and that and that's where he's trying to force it. I, I think that's something they got to work with him on, or or whatever it is, um, I, where he he's got to they got to tell like if the play's broken down, look for someone else. Because I, I think that's one of his things. Is it seems like he telemarkets everything. I mean, but seriously, agree, didn't Arcega? Sorry. No, I, I agree with that, Andrew. And to your, to that point, I think that's extremely concerning because Carson that's a rookie problem to have. That's not a and Carson Wentz is a five he's going into his fifth year in the NFL. I mean that's and, and you, you shouldn't be having to have that conversation with your quarterback, your star quarterback, the high, one of the highest paid quarterbacks in the NFL. That's that we all claim in, year after year that he's a top like five quarterback in the NFL. He you you shouldn't be having to to coach him and tell him you can't just have your eye on the receiver and go to the guy that the play is designed for every single time. He should be able – if he's a true elite talent and a star of the league, he should be able to adapt on that play, find the right guy that's open, and make the throw. There's no reason that an elite star, top-of-the-league quarterback should be ha- have six turnovers in, t- in the first two games of the season. I'm sorry, five. he's responsible for five turnovers in the first two games of the season because uh, – his he he had two fumbles, but only one of them was a turnover. I just think um, there's 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 blame to go around everywhere, absolutely. And I'm not just blaming Carson, but Carson does not look like a top talent in the league right now. He looks I'm, like exactly what that article I sent out to you guys. He looks like a middle of the pack quarterback. He looks like a a Derek Carr. He looks like a I, I don't know, just just not. And he, he looks like middle of the NFL. He doesn't look like a top 10 quarterback. I, I, and no, I'm not saying he's a bottom 10 quarterback either. He's in the middle. And you're just not – if if you if you got that kind of play – if you're getting that kind of play from your quarterback and you don't have any top talent around him to begin with, which I still don't believe the Eagles have really solved that problem. I think you got Sanders, who's a great talent, but he clearly isn't 100% ready yeah, he- to – take on that responsibility yet with the fumble today and just overall not playing up to his potential. But from too. a wide receiver point, obviously you have Rager. He's not ready. He, he Hopefully he'll be there, but he's a young guy. You can't expect him to be a top talent. Deshaun Jackson is, I believe, washed up. I think he's done. I think he's past his prime. I, I think it's clear that something's off with him. There's got to be a reason the Eagles aren't using him. I can't imagine they're just choosing to bench a absolutely – well, like star talent, like well main, maintenance to Sean Jackson. I assume there's some kind of issue well, going on, whether it's an injury, whether it's just a deteriorating talent that they see. Something's going on there. You have, well, I think they don't trust the right side. You have real quick, who's obviously not a top talent. You have, 
you have a uh, who am I missing on the receiving? You have the new guy, John Hightower. He's obviously not a top talent. You've got all these guys that surround Carson Wentz who aren't going to elevate Carson Wentz's game at all. So if you're talking about Carson Wentz being an elite quarterback, he it's up to him to elevate their game as Tom Brady did throughout his whole career, as Peyton Manning did throughout his whole career, as those kind of top elite quarterbacks tend to do throughout their whole career. And you're just not seeing that from him. He's His game is, is staying the same. And that's why we're getting mediocre play from the whole team, I, I think. Well, to, to your point about Jackson, I, I don't know what's going on because I, I think he's honestly fine. I think they're choosing not to use him for whatever reason. I mean, for whatever reason, I mean, that drive where he had four or five catches and helped them get down to the field before the interception, I mean, he looked fine. I mean, he finished the game with six catches for 64 yards. I mean, that's a pretty solid day. So I don't – that's them not using him for whatever reason. I don't know what it is. I mean, he says he's fine. He, he's, there's clearly a dis – and that's another thing we want to talk about coaching is I don't know how they can communicate that with Jackson and Wentz last week on that. He was on a play count uh, limit, and, and um, maybe that's what he was on today as well. But for for them not to have communicated that to Wentz and Jackson is an issue in itself with Peterson to the team uh, right there. And, Nick, I think you're bringing up a good point. Is that, That's another thing. I mean – when when you're changing weapons or not, when you're changing receivers, tight ends, running backs constantly, I mean that's that's a huge timing issue, man. And you don't have the the camp and preseason here. Uh, that, that's where you're going to run into some timing issues. And I sent you guys that thing last week from one of the reporters saying that's what it, that, that's what one of the interceptions was. And I think that's some of the things you see today as well is some of it's timing. And it looks like they're not all on the same page at, at certain points. And that's what you're going to get sometimes when you constantly turn over the roster like they continue to do when they continue to try to find these one-year pieces and guys to kind of just fill in and expecting – uh, Wentz to elevate their game like he did last year down the stretch of uh, before that um, before that win streak. I also like I I just feel like Doug needs to be brought down a notch right now. Like I I think I think he's I I don't think he's high and mighty of himself. I just think he trusts himself too much. I think he's making these decisions without any doubt in his mind. Like like okay, I'm gonna go back to the two point conversion thing because. That, that was too early for that. Just take the points. You're losing the game. Take the points. Stack points. Do things like that in the second half. Like, this goes down to, and then Deshaun Jackson. Like, so he had to have been having uh, play counts again. And he wasn't in the first half at all, I don't think. Um, and, and I just think, Doug, I, 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 it feels to me, watching the game, like he's just, like he's playing Madden. He's playing Madden, and he's just he's just like, oh, this will work itself out. Like, I'll figure it out right now. But it doesn't. It doesn't do that because that's not how the game works. Like, you can't just do whatever you want. And there's a team there that's, like, not participating. And I know we talked about this before, and I we kind of texted on and off about it uh, off the pod. Um, but I, I really think there's, like, a chemistry issue thing going on here. I, I, I don't – maybe chemistry is the that. wrong word, but, like – I'm so tired. Like I couldn't, I, I couldn't wear my Ertz jersey today, which sounds stupid. But like Ertz looks like he's just like sulking the whole time he's that's, on the field. And like, I, no, I'm sorry. You go ahead. I know. I, 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 sorry, real quick. But, but, like I, I agree with you, and it, it, it's, it's driving me. It's frustrating me like crazy because I agree with you. I don't know if it's a chemistry thing or what, but these players. It's so it's so apparently different from watching these two games and when you go back and think about watching the games during the Super Bowl. And Andrew, I think a lot of the things you're saying apply to like the Super Bowl season 
where it's like, yeah, I think this can be fixed or not, not this week. I'm sorry. I'm talking about last week when we were kind of talking about how to fix, what can be fixed. I just don't think these things are fixable right now because these players don't look like they even want to play. They don't look exactly. like they're ready to play. They don't look exactly. like they're playing for other people. They look like they're playing for themselves. They're looking out for me, myself and I, and they're not out there performing as a team, quite frankly. And I think that if you're going to get that out of these players, it says a lot, Andrew, to your point about Doug, the coaching. Are they playing for Doug? Do they believe in what he's doing? Do they believe in his system still? I mean, it, what's this, his fifth year? We're f- Are we four years removed from the Super Bowl now or three? I, I mean, either way, you're seeing that this team is so far from the super, removed from mm-hmm. that Super Bowl that – Throw out the new norm and all that nonsense. I mean, Zach, I think you said it. It's kind of like we gotta like start from scratch. We gotta we gotta pick this team apart. We got are we gonna have to wait for Jalen Rager and Arcega Whiteside and John uh, Hightower to be our top three wide receivers before we're gonna be relevant again? I mean, I just find that ridiculous and embarrassing and quite frankly just. A, a, a joke after coming out and saying we're this is the new norm we're gonna we're gonna be winners this is we're gonna be champions I, we're so far away from that that I think it's just laughable and I, I this think game showed big, me that the big thing is and and people know that I'm a big a big movie guy I like you know my fictional things that are fun and enjoyable to watch but like so so to me immediately thought about one of our favorite movies which is Moneyball. When the team loses and they're partying in the locker room, right? And then uh, Billy Bean walks in and he crashes the stereo and he goes, that's what losing sounds like. And, 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 and I was just watching the game and like, and as soon as the game's over, like, or actually in the final couple minutes of the game, like there's Eagles players on the sidelines. They're laughing. They're sitting there. They look like they're chit-chatting. They're having a great time. The game ends. They go on the field. They're all smiles. They're hugging each other. And, and like, I get it. I get it's a job and all that. But, like, man, you do not give a shit, do you? Totally, like, totally agree again because – that is exact vibe that I got, and actually that um, Meg got, my fiance as well. Like, like that—that that is, we're looking at it, and they're laughing on the sideline, and it brings me back to like when McNabb would be laughing after he just missed a pass, and we'd all be like, "What the heck is he doing laughing on the sideline?" That's what this team was doing. I saw Carson laughing. I saw, uh, you know, other Sanders laugh. Like you said after the game. And what is that about? I totally agree with you. You should be putting your head down in between your legs and running off the field embarrassed that that's the performance you just put into your home opener for the and that's, that's actually something I wanted to say. I as much as I make fun of Tom Brady, who's easily the biggest crybaby in the history of professional sports, like it says something when he runs off the field after a loss in like because he's like he is he's being a crybaby yeah. about it, but at least it shows he cares. Uh, right as now, disrespectful like, as it is, he is clearly pissed off. Right, he, he doesn't it want is. To talk to, he's so pissed off that he loses. He doesn't want to talk to anyone and, at and, all. Not his teammates. Not the not the opposing teammates. He wants to get off the field, slam his his helmet in the, into the locker, and just scream at the wall because he's and, so pissed off from losing. And I don't get that vibe from a single person on this team right now. I know it, it is. It is like uh, that was the thing. Like so, we were losing the game. And it was like it hurt as well. Like, you know, it's the loss. It's a loss. What are you going to do? Be happy about it. But then like as soon as the game was over and they were they were literally all smiling. And it's just like, do none of you care? Like, like, do you could you imagine if fans were actually at that stadium? Can you imagine how loud it would have been? 
Yeah, I was saying I, I texted in our group. I said they needed they needed to pump in the fake booze from the crowd instead they of the started cheer- to it. Yeah, they did. Half. They had booze. It did. I didn't yeah, me, me and, the, me my, me and my friends watching it. with they were yeah, they they did it on the once interception. They did. They, I didn't. I I, I do well. First, they should have done it at halftime. Just the booze. And that's something I mentioned when Zach, you asked the question about how much this team's going to miss the fans. I think that's a big part of it. They feed off it. I think it's a weird year for everyone, and I, I think the players are kind of taken in that way as well. Um, and I think without the fans there, they don't feel the same drive and emotion. I mean, a lot, multiple players said before the game about how much it's going to be weird and how much they're going to miss the fans and all that. And, I mean, we we saw the Super Bowl. Yeah, this this team feeds off the energy, feeds off the fans, and they don't have a Brian Dawkins to rally them together. And and this goes back again to Howie Roseman and Doug Peterson for not bringing back that leader they had last year, Malcolm Jenkins. They let him walk, and now you don't have that leader. Um, so I think this is, this is going to be interesting to see. Who who's going to be called upon to step up and be that voice in the locker room and the leader? Because because again, you lost. It was basically a repeat of the Dawkins situation. You had the leader, you lose him, and then you had Malcolm Jenkins, and now you lose him. Now you don't have that voice. Uh, you don't have that voice on the defense to kind of pick him up. Um, so it's going to be interesting thought, to see. I I, I thought I, I was watching it, and I felt like you know all the respect and love to my, to the Sixers, but I felt like the bubble Sixers had more more chemistry and like interest in their series than this Eagles team seems to have. Like I, I, I get no vibe, no, no look, nothing. No passion. About Eagles no, team. no, no. Yeah, no, exactly. No There's look in someone's there. eye. Like, Whoa, he's ready to, he's ready to play today. Like, Oh, I don't, I wouldn't want to mess with that guy. I don't see that at all. I totally agree. I, I, see I mean, Jalen Rager kind of gives off that vibe, at least on social media, but yeah, like no offense to him, he's a rookie that we can't depend on yet, and his dropped passes show that. But like, he he can't be the guy. He can't be the next Dawkins. He's too young. He's too new. It, that's like a freshman stepping into a class and trying to get a whole classroom to listen to him. No, you're the he's new guy. You wait your not, turn. But like, just not the right position. I don't think you're gonna get that from a wide receiver. I mean, it's just not. Well. And, and not I just I, I don't know. Play. Like, look, again, I have never hated Wentz, and I don't hate Wentz. I'm not trying to hate on Wentz. No, it comes from a place of love, Zach. It's, it's not great. hate. We it's boo love. out of love. We love him so much that but we that's, boo him. Like, I don't understand if if his injury is really, like, that affecting him mentally. If I, I don't want to say he doesn't care anymore. I'm sitting here wearing his jersey. I don't I don't believe he doesn't care. But but what happened to the passion, man? It's I, I don't, not there. I don't, I don't think it's a passion thing with Wentz. I think it's he's just off. I think he's not. I don't. I just don't think he's seeing the game the way he saw it in 2017. And like you said, I don't know if it's because the injury set him back like so bad that he's at this level now. But I think he's just deteriorated at talent wise at quarterback. I think his playmate his what really has deteriorated is his decision making. I think that's. A hundred percent what has deteriorated. He's obviously got the skill and talent to still be that top quarterback that we all assumed he was going to be this year, but his uh, decision making has just deteriorated so badly that it, it, it's hard to find it sometimes. The talent and skills. One thing I just want to say uh, real quick is that this was the first game that I, I by no means am done with Wentz, but this was the first game I truly doubted him. Like, truly. Like, last week I was mad at him, but this was the first game that I was like, Hurts? 
Like, stop. I'm not saying start hurts, but like, stop. I, 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 stop all you want, but this is the first. Like, I was watching this game and just like, like, what? Something needs to happen. Zach, obviously, obviously, you're saying that as a dramatic situation, and obviously, I know you don't Correct. actually believe we should put Jalen Hurts in. No, not at all. But I do think it's an interesting point to bring up that I think the Hurts pick is looking more like they see a reason to doubt Wentz in the future and don't think Wentz is going to be as around as long as we all hoped it was going to be. It kind of I do think that mediocrity that, that we talked about. I do think that's a possibility now that maybe two years from now, you might see a transition to Hertz. If Wentz doesn't, if Wentz doesn't turn it around, I mean, I really believe that that's a possibility now. So I, uh, I don't really have much else to say. I've vented pretty hardcore right now, and I feel like we're all literally steaming like out of a cartoon. Uh, but, uh, it, guys, any last thoughts on this game? I know we'll do a pregame uh, show. Uh, pregame shows releasing every Friday going forward from Philly Sports Now. Uh, you can find it with the rest of the Philly Sports Now podcast. Um, but I, I will say, I, I mean, <laughs> again, I might be heated, and I might be like a little dramatic right now, but... I don't necessarily see next week as a uh, automatic win. I think it still has to be a win, but I don't necessarily just assume it, especially with their new young quarterback um, against the Bengals. No, I don't. I don't see next week as an automatic win in the slightest. Uh, I don't think the Eagles have an automatic win in their schedule. I think every week's going to be a battle from here on out. Uh, I think your automatic win was the was Washington, and that because of that performance, I don't believe there is an automatic win anymore. I think the Bengals are going to give you everything they got. They're looking for their first win of the season, too. And Joe Burrow is playing well, and he's going to give you everything he's got. Being on, every week on national, he's got all the media and national attention around him. He wants to go out and perform, so I think you're going to get his best stuff. And obviously the Eagles' defense did not look like they can handle uh, a talented quarterback. So I think you should be concerned about this game next week. I don't think it's an automatic win. Uh, they put up 30 points against the Browns, who have a pretty darn good defense. I, I think it's going to be a tough game, and I, I mean, I'm assuming they're going to win, but I think we've all talked about it. This Eagles team could easily, very easily be 1-6 and six at the, for the start of the season because you're looking at, you're facing, uh, I might get this mixed up order-wise, but the Bengals, the Steelers, and Ravens next? Is that correct? 49 sorry. The, the Bengals, 49ers, 49ers Steelers, Steelers, Ravens. Ravens. So, Bengals, we're all assuming that's going to be a win. It could not be. It definitely mm-hmm. could not be. Then you have the 49ers who, Andrew, you, I, I did not realize that Jimmy Garoppolo might be out for the season. So, with that news, obviously that game looks a little more winnable. I'm like That stinks for Jimmy Garoppolo, and I feel terrible for him. Dad, him four, 49ers lost a lot today. They lost that's, their that's, best. They lost oh, yeah, they Garoppolo, lost both too, the did they? Yeah, lost the best defender, and they lost the uh, I think it was a receiver. That's that stinks, and I I I wish those guys uh, fast recoveries, and they're awesome to watch. So I hope they're they're back soon. But obviously, you know that game looks like the Eagles have a chance to win that a better chance to win that game. So maybe you're going to be two and six, right? But do you do you think this team's going to beat the Ravens and the Steelers right now? No, not at all. No, not a chance. No, they're not uh, beat Steel- Steelers don't look too good. Nope. The Steelers look better than the Eagles. They, as as not good as they might look, they look better than the Eagles. So it's no no. I, my point is, what could happen? And what they could got happen? New hardcore Christian at, Big Ben over there. 
one and six right now. I just, I just, I'm flabbergasted right now. I Zach, to your point, I, I'm my my prediction for the season was to be nine and eight. I right now, I don't know what they're gonna do. I hope they hit five hundred this year. That's how I feel. Andrew, last thoughts. I uh, I just say I think it, you got to turn. You got to go. I mean, it, it stinks, but I, I think again th- this team I think feeds feeds off off a connection, and I don't think the timing stuff is there right now. And I think that's where you got to go back to at practices. You got to fix all that kind of timing stuff. You got all these new guys there. Um, obviously a tough spot to be owned too, but you're in the NFC East, which obviously is one of the lesser divisions in the league. So your playoff hopes aren't done. Um, so, I, I mean, there's still time to turn around, but it's got to start next week in a game against the Bengals, and which is now pretty much a must-win game. Yeah, I think basically any game that we can win is going to be considered a must-win moving forward, just assuming the worst. Um, but let's let's uh, put this game to rest because I really don't have anything else. But that to, I, I don't think I have anything more to add that will just be that, anything less than. I don't think there's more any more th- like to add. I think yeah. I think we hit all of it, and it's it's just frustrating to to drop those two games, which we all thought we were going to come into the year winning those two. I know Luke's not here today, but I, I think his word from last week just carries over to this week, and this was just pathetic. This was really pathetic, and this team as a whole is pathetic. Uh, that being said, let's move on to a team that I don't know if I'd call pathetic, but not great. Uh, Philadelphia Phillies, folks. They went 4-5 and five this week, if my stats are correct, and uh, that puts them overall in a 27-25 record. Uh, Andrew will, of course, back me up or tell me where I am wrong. That being said, this week they will be facing, well, including today, of course, they will finish their series against Toronto. Uh, Then they will be facing off against the Nationals, which, great, I would just love to keep smacking them around to make their Twitter shut up. And then uh, at the end of the week, which will wrap up this season, which is surprising, uh, we have... Tampa Bay Rays. Tampa Bay. Sorry, folks. Can't can't read sometimes. Uh, eyes, I, I should be wearing my glasses. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, the Tam- Tampa Bay Rays. Uh, so Nationals and the Rays. Um, I, I mean, Nationals are obviously a good, good team. They won the World Series last year. But like, uh, I don't know. Andrew, I, I, let, let's go with it this way. The Phillies went four and five. They blew, what, every other lead possible again. Um, we have another, like, are the Phillies just the perfect example of how Moneyball doesn't work? I, I don't, I don't know how to spin that question, but I, I think, uh, well, well I'll, I'll chuck I'll bring it back. So we talked about last time. I know Nick and I specifically said like, you know, you wouldn't call this team a world series team, but the numbers of runs they get like is nothing to like laugh about like the Phillies put up big numbers I know Bryce has been on a home run hit and spree pretty hard right um but like we put up all these offensive numbers and we have nothing defensively to back and that's basically the money ball way right is you're just going off of the offense you're going off of runs you need runs so well, are Phillies just a bad well, example of this well no because the need, money ball, the money ball goal, situation your, you have to counter goal, with the, the amount of runs you give up too yeah so. you in money, in the money ball situation, your goal your goal shouldn't be to buy players. Your goal should be to buy wins. And in order to buy wins, you need to buy runs. 
So your point is correct, Zach. Essentially, that is the basic systematic uh, reasoning behind the Moneyball way. Um, however, I actually think this Moneyball way would have worked had Andrew been the general manager for the Phillies this year and just went out and got some bullpen pitching, which is what, oh, I don't know. I think just about every single person who has watched a single game of baseball ever said this that the Phillies should do. Included. Uh, so... Not sure why that didn't happen, and that's why we're in the position that we're in. I'm sure I do Andrew throw, have plenty more to say on that. but I do want to throw one other thing out there real quick before I give it to you, Andrew. And that is, uh, on, I, you know, I listen to a lot of sports radio when I'm at work and I'm driving around. And they were talking this week on a certain radio channel about cheering for the Phillies to tank so that the general manager gets fired. I can't stand that. I can't stand that logic. Yeah, not same, only, was, not only can I. So, so before you go, because I'm literally, I'm handing this over to you. This is a buffet plate for you to like, just eat up, buddy. But, but before you, before you do that, I, I just not only, I, I agree with Nick. I don't agree with that in the slightest. Um, you know, the process being one of like, it's just, I don't agree with that. But is it not just stupid to even think that? Because you guys pointed out. Uh, I forget if it was last episode or two episodes ago that, you know, this is an asterisk season, right? So, like, do you think he would even get fired after this season? Uh, unfortunately, no. I think Clintac's here to stay for Exactly. So for why year. would you root for your team to tank? Like, that's – anyway, Andrew, take the floor. Yeah, first we'll quick on that. I, don't, I never understood that. It was the same thing with the Sixers. People wanted the Sixers to lose just so Brett Brown got fired. And, like, I never understood that. Um, but no, I think that's just that's just people on Twitter trying to say something to get people fired up, because like, I don't know what 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 real fan out there would root for their team to lose. Why would you do that? If you make the playoffs, you could win. You could go to the World Series. I, I agree. With you. It was the same thing with Kappa last year. People wanted the they wanted them yeah. to lose. That way, Kappa would be gone. And Kappa uh, looks like he's doing pretty well out there in San Francisco. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just they they on a bit of a losing streak right now. Uh, hopefully they can turn yeah, but, around. Yeah, but from what but, they work, t- helping them t- from what where no, they were. I know. Work, I know yeah. they, no, they weren't projected the league last year. No, I know. I was I was hoping he'd get in that playoff spot, but it looks far, it looks it's in jeopardy now. Um, but no, it's it's simple as it. If you had a bullpen, even if you just had two pieces, you could be a World Series contender. Uh, it's simple as that, and because you, you continue to do the same thing every year, you're in a spot where you're lucky that they expanded the playoffs, so you're going to get into the playoffs most likely pending a horrible collapse here down the stretch, um, and you're going to get matched up with, depending on what seed you get, if you get the 8th seed, you're going to get swept by the Dodgers. Um, if you get the 7th seed, maybe maybe you can steal a couple against the Cubs. Uh, I think I think, but, I think we beat the Cubs. I agree. Uh, I again, if we, had a, if, if we had a bullpen, I'd agree. But the, the problem is you, you take them out, and Chris Bryant and Anthony Rizzo are going to have field days against his pitching, against the bullpen. Um, and they got they got guys that can shut the door down. Uh, so it's it's going to be interesting to see what, what happens here down the stretch. Because, Zach, as you just mentioned, you finished out with four against the Nationals, uh, and then you get three against the Rays, which th- the Rays are – Probably think the second best team record wise in the league, so no cakewalk there to end the year. You're going up against some pretty good competition um, in the Rays. Obviously, the Nationals are having a down year this year, and we already have beat up on them a little bit so far this year, which is a reason why I'm 
why this series, upcoming series, is a little more eye-opening, just because you've already had so much so much success against them. But you're you're in a spot here where, and to to the point about losing, uh, you're in a spot here where a, a couple more losses here or there can can switch, and, and it's simple as. The depth of this team is now being shown, too. Is You're losing guys left and right, and now you're calling up. Instead of having pieces there that most teams would have, you're calling into guys that weren't supposed to be ready this year, and now now you're looking at having them pitch big games. I mean, you're going out with a guy today, and Adonis Medina, who he didn't pitch horrible, but he's a guy that wasn't supposed to be up this year. And now because of no depth, you had to use him in a pivotal game where you're fighting for a playoff spot, and... He gets taken down in the fourth inning in a 2-1 game, and now it's 4-1 because the bullpen's already come in and given up two runs So to, to that point. But I think one thing we talked about last week with Harper's struggles, he, I think he's turned it around finally. He, he's starting to hit the ball well. I think in his last 10 games, he's in like three 350, so it's good to see him there. Uh, I'm worried about JT and Reese Hoskins' health. That's, that's come out this week, that Hoskins might need Tommy John surgery which is very interesting for a first baseman, especially his non-throwing arm. So you're looking at a, a possible issue there. So this this is going to be an interesting end of the year, and I'm very worried about how the season's going to end. Yeah, I I, I I I think you make a lot of good points there, Andrew. I will say, even though the Phillies are only going to make the playoffs this year probably because of the um, expanded playoff uh, situation, I do think it's still an accomplishment, and it'll still be it'll still be a positive experience at least to get back to the playoffs with this team for the first time since 2012. So I, I think that's still not something to take lightly, and I still think that's a, a feather in your cap that you can build off of. The question is, how are you going to build off of it? If you are you going to go out and sign JT and then sign some bullpen finally? Who's even there to get for a bullpen? Is the, is another question. I mean, I think there's just concerns with that aspect moving forward so i just don't know how they're going to fix these problems for next season but i don't really want to look to next season just yet because i do think this is an accomplishment to get to the playoffs this year and i do believe if the phillies can get the seventh spot or even the the sixth spot which i still think is a possibility i think they're a couple games back from the sixth spot correct so the way the way it works is you obviously have the division winners they don't all, all go by record you have the right. division winners, then you have the second-place teams in each division as a lock as well. So, uh, And then, then you have the two wild-card spots. So right now, theoretically, we can't get the sixth spot unless we pass the Marlins. So right now, you're game back of the Marlins, which you actually have the fifth spot. So if we do end up jumping the Marlins, um, we'd actually be the five seed and have to play the Padres. Which is a scary team, but I, 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 I don't know. It's just so, going to depend on what this bullpen can do moving forward and if they can get hot towards the end of the season. I think that's all that's going to matter with this team. I mean, I think, obviously, it's today's game, the hitting-wise, it isn't there, but you're going to have off days from your ba- your bats here and there. Uh, for the most part, the, this weekend, the Phillies have looked great hitting. Uh, like you said, I think it's very encouraging to see what Harper's doing. I think it's deep, exact time you need him to come around and get hot right now. Right before the the playoffs, uh, right before he the finally push for got the playoffs, going. He finally got going. We've been saying it for three weeks, three straight weeks. <laughs> we came on here and said, "I'm wor- I'm, I'm not worried, but I, you know, I'd like to see him get going." 
I'm not worried, but I'd like to see him going. Okay, I'm sweating a little bit, but I, you know, I'm sure he'll get going. And this week we're coming on. He got going. Three home runs he in two games. Going. Two home runs in one game. We lost the game because of the bullpen. But hey, that's the Phillies this year. Uh, all that rambling gets gets me to my point of just I don't know. I'm excited for them the for this playoff push. I think we're gonna come back on next weekend and be talking about Phillies playoff like our our Phillies playoff expectations. So I think that's an exciting thing to look forward to. Yeah, and that's another thing real quick is I, I don't want to let Girardi off the hook because I, I don't think he's had a, a very successful season. Um, I, I thought he's made some questionable moves here and there um, with with how he's how he's dealt with the bullpen, how he's dealt with other situations as well. Um, so it, it's interesting to see how he keeps managing this team. Like the other day, you, you had Zach Wheeler who was sitting at uh, 93 pitches, I think it was, Gets the first guy to ground out, and then he pulls him. Like, I don't know why. Like, obviously, there's no reason to trust his bullpen. Like, I don't know why he's making that move there. So, uh, I think he's got to manage a little bit better down the stretch here as well. Yeah, no, that's a, I, I agree with you again, Andrew. I, I think I think Girardi's making a lot of uh, decision-making that is similar. Uh, correct, I mean, you could you can disagree with me, but I think it's similar to what Gabe would have done last year. And I think... I think you and I both kind of said Girardi has a similar type of style of coaching than Gabe is. Gabe was just more over the top of that style. And I think that's what fans kind of very much didn't know or underestimated that aspect of Girardi. And I think nobody's even talking about Girardi's moves. It sounds, to me, it's no one talks about anything. It's not so much that Girardi can do no wrong, but it's like, oh, Girardi's just so much better than Gabe. You know, obviously I trust him whatever move he's going to make. I think I wanna... what we're seeing here is is more. Uh, Andrew said it. I believe it was in a text, not on a podcast. So I'll bring it up. Is that you know last year, I, Nick? You just kind of said it too. Like fans, I guess, didn't understand who was to blame, and Gabe got the blame. He got the finger pointed at him. But he was really, it was right. Really, he was the scapegoat for Matt Clintac. Yeah, Correct. no, I agree. Yeah, Correct. I, I, Nick, I wouldn't. I wouldn't say Kapler is like. A lot more than Girardi. I think they're very similar. The difference when it's all said and done is Girardi's got that ring on his finger that shows he's won a World Series while Kapler didn't. So people are going to sit here and trust Girardi because he's, he's done it before and it's worked. Yeah, that's, that's why I honestly think the difference is more than anything. Because uh, I think they manage very similar. That I mean, Girardi constantly changed the lineup as well, especially now with the injuries. I mean, he's changing the lineup almost every day as well, and that was one of Kapler's biggest criticisms. Um, Girardi's out here making uh, pitching decisions maybe a little too early, just like Kapler was. So it's uh, they're, they're very similar, and I think when it's all said and done, it is the difference. The longevity of Girardi's career and that, that he had his World Series. Because say, say the Phillies would have beat him in 2009, uh, showing it didn't work, his method. I think, I think you'd be hearing a lot more about Girardi right now, honestly. Nick, I really liked what you said a little bit ago, which was, you know, this time next week we'll be talking about Phillies playoffs, regardless of, or we'll hope, you know, very optimistically, very optimistically, don't want to knock on wood, don't jinx it just yet, but very optimistically, this time next week, we're hopefully talking about Phillies playoffs, and that's that's something nice, especially after today's Eagles loss, something nice to think about, you know, to look forward to, because, you know, if you're in, you're in, regardless of if it's because of the extension or not. You know, if you're in, you're in, and you have an equal shot at it. So it's up to the Phillies to see what they can do with that. Uh, so if you guys yeah, have let, any last thoughts for the Phillies today. Uh, take yeah, my, my final thoughts would be I, I think that I have more faith in the Phillies winning a playoff uh, series this year than I do the Eagles making it to the next round of playoffs. So right I am now, very excited to at least talk about Phillies playoffs. So. 
So that's just the question. I don't know which side I pick yet. Um, uh, especially if we get if we get the Dodgers, I really don't think there's a way we're making it past. Yeah, I agree. Um, if we get the Dodgers, it's I I love you're coming on. You're on the record saying as, as swept by the Dodgers. Uh well, I, you got you got to remember, agree with you, but I'm not going to put it on the record. <laughs> well, you got you got to remember the first series is only it's best of three, so. It's, oh. So you is just that, got is that the new is that because of the new the new format? Yeah, it's because the expansion. So just the first I'll round, watch, best of three. How about watch the Phillies so, come out and actually and, and win a three game series? That'd be wild. Well, and that's the thing. Pandemic the, crew go crazy. The no, pandemic crew would go wild. With Nolan and Wheeler, you could steal two games, but again, that's to me that's with a different team because when you when you match them up with Kershaw and Walker Bueller, it's it, they got the advantage there. It's a, it depends on if Wheeler if Wheeler has figured out on how that zipper works yet. If he if he gets that nail caught, I mean we're looking at <laughs> we're looking at a rough a rough one. That's for sure. No, he looks I, fine I the other day. Like, I'll I'll tell you what that that's that's a that was a good Clintex signing. I mean I don't know I know no one wants to say it, but that was a good move to get Wheeler. I mean that was a much needed arm in the rotation. Andrew, I know you're gonna laugh it off and say it's. Not him or whatever, but no, I'm not saying it's not him. I'm just saying that was a good move. And the Mets didn't have faith in him, and he turned out to be a a heck of a pitcher this year. No, it was probably the best move Clintax made since coming here. Um, Over Bryce, I'm I I give Clintax very little Bryce credit. Yeah. it's 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 not hard to, to it's not hard to go find a Bryce like it's not hard to go oh wow Bryce Harper's gonna help my team Harper Harper was John Milton opening up the books in my eyes all right so let's move on now to so the Flyers and the Sixers we have a little bit of talk not not too too much uh first of all let's let's just hit off with the Sixers what the, no no nothing. The uh, the I agree. We don't have much talk. <laughs> <laughs> now we you all uh, but uh, so let's do hit, hit some. Actually, you know what? We'll do Sixers last because I don't care as much for that. Uh, the Flyers has has more interesting stuff right now. Uh, first of all, I just want to say I'm mad at myself. I forgot to sign up for the gritty 5K. That happened. I completely dropped the ball on that. I uh, also forgot to sign up. <laughs> ah, you son of a gun! So wow, I, I not... can't. I'm. I can't believe Nick forgot to sign up. I'm well, really, what? Ha- yeah, I. Really I I I just it hit me yesterday that it it was this weekend and, and I totally blanked on it. Um, yeah, I, I botched it. I was in I was on my run when I was like, oh, this, <laughs> ah, this, this would count. This, is the, <laughs> this would count for something. So, Other, so um, that was but I really wanted I really wanted Luke to sign up because Luke is in Oklahoma. It was one of the four states or whatever. It was one of the four states remaining that no one had signed up for. Andrew, of course, you could have ran it too, man. But I, Luke, Luke, I, I felt like was actually interested. But um, but, but yeah, that's, that'd that's, be funny uh, if Luke actually did sign up, expecting you two to sign up. And up. there's no. Way I don't think he did because they didn't update the map on yeah. Twitter. They were. They kept showing the map, and I kept meaning to text to Luke. I'm just, I totally blanked on it. So That's besides the Philly, the gritty 5K, uh, Flyers. That'll be the sign. end. Of the, that's the end of our. That's the end of our gritty 5K coverage. <laughs> Glad you so tuned in. <laughs> tune in next week for more. Uh, the Flyers did sign, and I'm probably gonna botch this. Uh, Nicholas a- uh, Ub Kubel. 
Nicholas Oob Kubel to a two-year Nicholas contract. Nicholas Albay Kubel. Nic- ah. Nicholas Albay. Yes. Nicholas Abe Kubel. So there you go, folks. New Flyers fan. Uh, <laughs> Abe Kubel got a two-year contract extension. Uh, and that being said, I know there was some news that Nolan Patrick not as definite as before for coming back. So what do we think about those two thoughts? I think it was pretty critical to, to bring back Abe Kubel because, uh, you know, based on the, the comments made by Claude Giroux earlier in the week, how – he, you know, everyone on this team loves each other. They love this team. Uh, I think it's important you keep this group together, and that includes the young guys, you know, the rookies, the the young guys like Albe Kubel and and all of them. I think you got to bring them back. I, I think this is a, a case where you got to bring this team back. They did so well this year. They, we said the the goal of the season in the beginning, the way back in the beginning of the season was to win a playoff series. Now that the dust has kind of settled from everyone's immediate upset and anger about losing the second round, I think we can. T- really appreciate what the flyer season was and it was a success and it was because of this team and this coach and and they gelled together and i think this is andrew i think you compared it to the 2007 phillies i think you can build off this this team and this season and and to get there you need to bring back all baker bell and that being said i believe you gotta you gotta get no you gotta get a <clears throat> sorry you gotta get nolan patrick back on this team you cannot let him go trade him i don't think that that's a, a good situation for the flyers to 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 teeter around in. I don't want them trading him. I don't want them to let him go. Uh, I think you got to bring him back. I know he had the migraine issues all last year, uh, but, but from what it sounds like, it sounded like last week, Zach, when we when you brought it up, that he was going to be able to play this year, and I was really excited and looking forward to that. And if he's available and ready to play, I, I just don't, I don't think he's a player that you want to just let uh, let go. I mean, I think you got to bring bring all these core guys back, and that's how you're going to be able to compete for a cup next year. No, I agree with you. I think it's important to bring Patrick back. I, I think uh, it's too early to give up on him. I don't, I don't want to see them let him. Uh, I, I don't remember if he's a free agent and under. I don't remember what the the type of deal it is or whatever. Um, but I, I believe I, he's a restricted free agent. So RFA. Have, they, so they have a chance to match any deal that's offered to him. Uh, so that that's the concerns of a team offers him a lot and you don't want to match it because of cap issues or whatever. That's the concern of losing him. Um, but I think it's too early to give up on him. He's a young guy. He's shown promise. I know he hasn't been on the ice uh, as much as we would have liked to see him on the ice through the injury problems. Uh, but I think it's, it's important to bring that guy back, and it's important to see what they can do with him because he has shown promise, especially on the power play, which obviously was an issue in, in the postseason this year. So uh, I think it's important to find a way find a way to get that deal done. Because uh, like you said, too, he's, these guys like each other. They're clearly, clearly uh, close with one another. So uh, it's important to, to get all them back and – Ready for a full year, hopefully. And rounding it up again with the Sixers. Um, so the Sixers, not too much new. Uh, so basically, coach wise, it sounds like it's going to be D'Antoni or uh, Tyron Lue. Um, we've pretty much covered both of those guys. Additionally, there's been some player possibilities thrown around. Uh, long story short, Andrew Nick, do you guys want to give any last thoughts on Tyron Lou versus uh, D'Antoni or any thoughts on any players that you heard? Yeah, I think I think uh, I've said the past couple of weeks that I'd prefer Tyron Lou. I think D'Antoni would be a good a good move as well. I think I, Andrew, I'm sure you're going to agree with this. It's just going to depend on what uh, Gol and Andrew. I'm sure you're going to agree with this. Zach, I'm sure you're going to disagree, but it's just going to depend on what. Uh, Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons prefer and what those guys 
uh, prefer they want in their coach and prefer that they want this team run. And um, whatever guy they think is going to be best in here, I trust that they should bring him in because at the end of the day, that's that's what's going to matter. That's what's going to matter. It's not going to matter what I think they should bring in. All that matters is if it's going to work. And if it's going to work with the guy they, they prefer, then I think that's important to get. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree. And I think uh, I, I'm not sure. I go back and forth on which one. I, I don't think one's necessarily a lot better than the other. Uh, if, you, if you had to make me pick, I think I'd lean Dina Tony a little bit over Lou just because of his success here as an assistant. Again, he's been here before, so he knows the city. He knows some of the guys in the front office, and he knows uh, Simmons and Embiid already. So I think that's why I lean that direction. Uh, in terms of the coaching. But, hey, if it's still open, don't forget, I know the Sixers are listening to this, give uh, Kansas a call for possibly uh, Bill Self. Uh, it's still my, my candidate. I wish they'd, they'd give a shot to at least an interview. But uh, in terms of players, I think there's a lot of interesting names out there. Obviously, you can't go back with the same team as this season. Uh, I think uh, top names I'm hearing that I'm pretty much okay with any of them with the right deal, obviously. And I mean, good luck trying to make some of these contract work in the, in these trades, but uh drew holiday reunion. I've heard Lou Williams reunion. I heard uh, possibly buddy healed uh, continues to be thrown out there. Uh, Chris Paul has been thrown out there. So, I mean, you look at those guys, they're all guards uh, and that's obviously a, a spot you're going to have to upgrade um, specifically to, to help run the team with Simmons there. And I think they're trying to get slowly move Simmons to that four spot. And I think it really would have worked this year if uh, you had a guard better than Shake Milton. I like Shake Milton, but he's just not a starter in that, especially just throwing him in his first start in a playoff game. Uh, and that's kind of unfair to him after the Simmons injury happened. But again, we, we talk about with the Eagles. We talk about with the Phillies. The Sixers didn't have the depth either. Um, I really think you can kind of compare – really the transition of when the Sixers were good. You could kind of compare the Brown and Gabe Kapler sides. I think very similar. And they never had the pieces here to win uh, in terms of the depth uh, when it was all said and done, when it got tested. Uh, and I think that that's important to look at here. And that's something the Sixers have to address. And along with guard, I haven't really heard anything on forwards or centers, but you need to find a reasonable piece to, to fill in for when a B goes out. Because when this team drops – uh, when Embiid goes out, that the I mean, you guys saw this year in the Celtics series. And when Embiid leaves the floor, it, it's like the team forgets how to play basketball, uh, and it just turns into a train wreck. So uh, I don't know which centers you go after yet. I haven't really looked at free agency a whole lot yet, and there's not really as many uh, centers being thrown out there. But uh, the Drew Holiday, Lou Williams, Buddy Hield, and uh, Chris Paul, I think I think you're going to see a move for a guard. It's just a matter of which one. I do just yeah. want to throw out my uh, Nick. Did you have a comment on the player? Sorry. Yeah, no. I think it's I think it's kind of funny and interesting that we're not looking at the players to we're not looking at players to bring back that we got rid of to start the process. I think that's an interesting cycle that the Sixers have now decided to go through, and uh, it almost makes you beg the question why you get rid of him in the first place. You Which know? is kind of uh, I think something you brought up two weeks stuck- ago. I did. I brought it up many times. I don't. I still don't understand to this day. I think if you look at the, if you look at uh, the example of Lou Williams and Drew Holiday, both those guys, if you look at their past three season averages, you take their last three season. What did they average in uh, points per game the past three seasons? Twenty points a game each. 
each one of them averaging 20 points a game. I think the difference is uh, Lou Williams is older, so I am not as confident in bringing him back. I think it's time he's going to start declining just naturally. He's already he's 33 years old. But um, uh, Drew Holiday is 29. He's still uh, he's not young, but he's in my opinion. I mean, tw- between 28, 32 is usually the prime of your career. And he's averaging 20 points a game, so I say go for it. Bring him in. I mean, I know he's playing on the Pelicans, so obviously they're not a very good squad, so he's taking on more of a responsibility than he probably will have with the Sixers. But I say bring him in. If it's the right price, like you said, why not? He's a good player, uh, two-time all-defensive player, I believe. Lou Williams, three-time uh, sixth man of the year. So I, I think these are obviously good players. Um, you know what they can do. They've been on this team before, and uh, fan-wise, I think the fans like him. I mean, I like him. I loved Lou Williams. He was my favorite basketball player at the time. Uh, Andrew, you and I met through Holiday. He was a super nice guy, so I'd love to see him back. Uh, uh, I don't know. It'd be a it'd be a, a fun reunion, in my opinion. But uh, yeah, that that's kind of my take on it. I'm just going to add on regarding the coach, uh, just out of D'Antoni and Lou, uh, I think just in general, I'm leaning towards Tyron Lou, um, just because I think more, more so than not someone fresh new, um, whereas the art, whereas I do, I I wasn't really in Tyron Lou's favor. (laughs) Me personally wasn't in his favor. No, he wasn't necessarily my favorite uh, at the beginning regarding the whole, you know, was it him or LeBron coaching? But that being said, I just think a fresh face uh, to take over and put the process behind us is better than someone who necessarily knows uh, Simmons and Embiid. And that's kind of where I still disagree with you guys from last week. But we don't I don't want to get into that. We we've talked about all that stuff. Um, That being said, I think that pretty much wraps up our podcast for this week's folks. Uh, Thank you so much for listening to Philly Sports Now, a Philly fan podcast. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at Philly underscore sports now. That's at Philly underscore SPRTS now sports without the O. Um, you can find more at phillysportsnow.com, which is our Philly fan run website uh, regarding uh, some Philly sports news and graphics and such. Um, thank you, everyone, for listening. It was a tough loss against the Los Angeles Rams this week for the Philadelphia Eagles and we look forward to talking to you guys next week after they take on the Cincinnati Bengals, where God, I hope they have a win in behind in their books finally. Um, and and also real quick, just keep an eye out for Friday for the pregame show that we'll be releasing. And look out Friday for that pregame show, folks, where we will talk more in depth on whether or not we think the Eagles will actually win against the Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, thank you everyone for listening. This is Philly Sports Now, Philly Fan Podcast. And it was hard to say last week. It's hard to say this week, but you still got to say it. Go, Birds. Go, Phils.